You've found the Everything Apostolic Podcast. Delight your soul, feed your spirit, and sharpen your mind with anointed teaching and discussion on subjects such as faith healing, miracles, end-time prophecy, holiness, and everything that apostolics love. And now here's your host, pastor, author, blogger, and teacher, Charles Rodas. Welcome to Everything Apostolic. Islam in the Bible. Yes, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Islam in the Bible. Yes, there's Bible prophecy about Islam. And we're going to be talking about that today. Thank you for joining uh, with me today. This is Charles Rodas, your host of Everything Apostolic. And boy, do we have a... uh, a podcast prepared for you today. So I have a number of verses I'm going to start out reading. Okay, so stick with me while I get through that. I'm going to read Revelation 6, 1 through 8. Now, the passage here about Islam is in Revelation 6. Okay, and it's also in the book of Zechariah, chapter 6. Same chapter, different books. And uh, But we're going to be focusing more on Revelation. seems a little more detailed. As we might know it normally, we would call this the four horsemen uh, of the apocalypse. And um, so, yeah, about the four horsemen here. And one of them we're going to show you is a lot of information here um, and uh, historical information as well to verify uh, Islam uh, in the Bible. So yeah, so let me get through this reading real quick and we're going to jump into this very, very exciting teaching. Revelation 6, 1 through 8, King James Version. And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals and I heard, as it were the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, Come and see. And I saw and behold a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. And we had opened the second seal, I heard the second beast say, Come and see. And there went out another horse that was red, and power was given unto him that sat uh, thereon to take peace from the earth, and that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, Come and see. And behold, and lo, a black horse, and he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And verse 6, And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts saying, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny. And see thou not hurt not the oil and the wine. And when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, Come and see. And verse 8, And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and his name uh, that sat on him was Death. And hell followed with him, and power was given unto him over the fourth part of the earth, to kill with the sword, and with hunger, with death, and with the beasts of the field. Well, praise the Lord. Uh, pretty awesome passage here. Uh, I love this um, this this teaching here. God has revealed so much in this passage, and uh, given us so much. You know, prophecy is is, is you know, when God reveals prophecy, it's not because he reveals it because, you know, the people that have the revelation is smarter or better or, you know, better Christians. It's because it's the time of the end. And this is why God gives revelation to Bible prophecy. He wants you and I to know what hour we are living in. And yes, we are definitely living in the end time. It's not coming, honey. It is here 
right now. There is so much escalating right now. You know, this is a you know, the day of this recording is October 29th, uh, uh, 2023. And so, you know, who knows what's going to be happening over the weeks and months over the next couple of years in Bible prophecy. The coming of the Lord is so close. There are prophecies that need to be fulfilled. Oh, yeah. So um, I know that that not everyone agrees with that. And but but it is true. Prophecy must be fulfilled. All right. So I'm going to read uh, also Zechariah 6. And verse 5, uh, again, uh, same prophecy uh, given by God to Zechariah, hundreds and hundreds of years apart. <clears throat> and then, of course, Revelation uh, in chapter, Revelation chapter 6 also. So looking at Zechariah 6 and 5, And the angel answered and said unto me, These are the four spirits of the heavens, which go forth from standing before the Lord of all the earth. And that's what I was just reading, Revelation 6. These are the four spirits of the heavens. Okay, we're talking about the four spirits of the atmosphere. All right, that's in the atmosphere. Not the heavens as we think, going dying and going to heaven. That's not what that's talking about. The spirits of the heavens. Uh, of this atmosphere that we live, which go forth from standing before the Lord uh, of all the earth. Now, each we're gonna we're gonna take a look at these colors. Each one of these four uh, horsemen have a color. All right, we're going to examine the color. We're gonna talk about the color a little bit, and we're gonna talk about and describe what the spirit is that's in the earth today. And then uh, the last one just happens to be <clears throat> Islam. So we're gonna go through that with you and show you how that is Islam and why why we would say that is re in reference to Islam. Okay, so uh, yeah, verse verse two of, of uh, Revelation here, this uh, chapter six, just. Uh, mentions a white horse white look think about the word white okay that color okay there is an entity there is a spirit that's in this world today and this this spirit is cloaked in the color white okay so no guessing with it it's the roman catholic church the Roman Catholic Church is worldwide. The Roman Catholic Church is one of the greatest, <clears throat> I should say, not the greatest, largest, uh, let me use that word, one of the largest uh, Christian entities, maybe the largest Christian entity in the world has been for, um, you know, decades and decades. And so this this spirit of the Roman Catholic Church, and let, let's, let's break it down. Why do we say that? Well, you know, when you think about the Pope, if you saw a picture of the Pope, what color would he be wearing? All right, 99% of the time, you're going to see him in all white from head, you know, with his little white cap, you know, all the way down to his white shoes. Okay, when he's when he's in his limo, what color is his limo? Well, if, I've seen many pictures of different limos over the years of the popes, and they always had white limos. I saw a picture of the pope once uh, uh, on a helicopter or getting in or whatever it was, a helicopter. Some years ago, I saw a picture of it. Guess what color it was? It was white. <clears throat> yeah, so that is the color, uh, the color uh, of the Roman Catholic Church. You know, if you think about a football team, a baseball team, if you think about the United States, the United States has its colors of red, white, and blue, and different entities across the world have their theme color, and that is the theme color of the Roman Catholic Church. Well, it's not. I'm not saying it's only the Roman Catholic Church because of its color. No, there's more to it than that. We're going to talk about that. But, you know, it, it says here that, he sat upon a white horse. 
All right. Um, if the if the Pope had a horse, if I doubt if he does, but if he does, what what color do you think his horse would be? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think it'd be white as well. All right. He seems to white be white is his color. But it says here that he had a bow in verse two. He had a bow, but it didn't say anything about arrows. He didn't have any arrows. Okay. Why didn't he have arrows for his bow? All bows have arrows. You know why? Because he's going to war, but it wasn't a war to fight in, like you would think with bows and arrows. He had a bow, which is symbolic, okay, because it's a spiritual war. This Catholic spirit has attempted to take over uh, all of Christianity, okay? So he's not fighting a war to kill, but he's fighting a war to take over all Christianity. He's losing right now this, in my opinion, because the apostolic church has ridden, risen and is the fastest growing Christian church there is today. I've heard different reports to affirm that. So yeah, a bow with no arrows. All right. Uh, it says that he wore a crown. Hmm. Wore a crown. Um, have you seen the Pope in a crown? I've seen the Pope in some funny looking hats. I don't know what you call those things. But historically speaking, historically speaking, if you go down through the centuries and look at pictures of popes, it's historically true that it was common for the popes to wear a crown. Why? Because popes of old used to rule nations. All right. They don't rule nations anymore. <clears throat> but they would wear a crown. They were like a king. All right, so we see this here in the scripture. He wore a crown. Popes wore crowns, like I said, uh, almost always. It says he went forth conquering and to conquer. Again, that's not a, a, a war as we would see it here. That's, you know, that goes. there's always wars and rumors of wars, right? As Jesus said, but that's not the type of war, again, that we're talking about here. It's a war to conquer Christendom to take over and to convert everybody uh, to a Roman Catholic, all right? That's what that war, that that's what that bow is about. That's what that, uh, that crown is about uh, and uh, going forth conquering and to conquer. Let's look at verse four. There's another one here. This red horse, red also symbolizes a main spirit in the world today. Mm, yes, it does. Red symbolizes the spirit of communism. Oh, yes. Red symbolizes. That's the color of communism. It is <laughs> today. That's their color. Um, there's what's called red China. You've heard of red China. Red Russia. The terms, you don't really hear those terms anymore. I don't when China and Russia are being talked about, but several decades ago uh, that those terms were more common. Uh, why? Because they're communistic. Now, the United States has many people, even in gov government today, that feel like that we should be uh, communistic. All right. It says here in verse four that uh, this red horse was to take peace from the earth. That's what this spirit of communism has done. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They are just like Red China, Red Russia. They are 
nations of war. They don't mind going to battle. They don't mind going to war. They, they prepare greatly for war. But it's not just about that. Uh, it says here that he was to kill one another. That's the term that's used. This red horse, the spirit uh, went forth to kill one another. Mm, let's hang on to that for a second. It also says he was given a great sword. So he went forth to kill one another, and he was given a great sword. So these communistic nations, all right, have been known for a hundred years to kill their own people, uh, to do like an ethnic cleansing within their own group, political murders by the thousands and thousands. You can read on it. You don't have to believe me if you're not familiar with it. But China has killed millions. Russia has killed millions of their own people within their nation. Um, matter of fact, it's estimated that from 10 to 20 million people have been murdered, have been murdered by their own communistic governments. Oh, yeah. Some estimate that um, that the murders of their own people, uh, as much as 110 million people possibly. But on the low end, about 10 to 20 million, and some are estimating as high as 110 million people have been murdered by their own government. We don't hear about that happening in America. We don't know that... It hasn't happened on some scale. We don't know. But it's 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 documented that Russia has done this. It's documented that China has done this. Matter of fact, in November of 2017, the Wall Street Journal put out an article. Now, everybody knows what the Wall Street Journal is, right? Okay. They put out an article that was entitled 100 Years of Communism and 100 Million dead yeah so that was from 2000 this is 2023 the end of 2023 about six years ago i guess entitled 100 100 years of communism and 100 million dead in reference to these nations of communism and so the prophecies are and have been uh, are any problem no doubt still being fulfilled okay so the term the great sword what does that mean when the scripture says that this red horse was given a great sword? Well, it may reference their military might. It may. It may reference uh, their nuclear capabilities of war. Many, many nuclear warheads in Russia. I've studied it out. It's been some time. But Russia has a has had a great stockpile of nukes. And no doubt China does as well. Well, praise the Lord. Um, we're, next, we're going to get into verse 5 and verse 6 and talk about the black horse. But hang on a minute. We're going to get into a quick break, and I'll be right back. Praise the Lord. If you want to enhance your altar working ability, anointing, and passion, I would recommend taking a look at my book called How to Help Someone Receive the Holy Ghost. The subtitle is An In-Depth Guide for Altar Workers. Hello, this is Charles Rodas, 
Yes, this book, How to Help Someone Receive the Holy Ghost, can be found on Amazon. And I'm going to read you a couple quick testimonies. Joey says that life-changing knowledge. I've never seen a book on altar working yet and was excited to get my hands on this. I'm absolutely thrilled with all the information and revelations stored within. My own faith has been built in reading this, and I'm excited to put this into action and see the great results God will give through faith in his promise. Crunch says, a foundation book for altar workers, combined with experience and scriptures, a lesson in proper handling of people who is seeking the Holy Ghost. I'm reading this with an open mind and wasn't disappointed by Brother Rodas' instructions and passion for the lost. I would highly recommend it the book for teaching new ministry. Well, I want to encourage you to go to Amazon right now and get this book. And um, I have put more than four decades of study and practice into this book. This book, How to Help Someone Receive the Holy Ghost, is really a totality of my notes that I have taken and put in book form for your convenience. Go to Amazon now and be blessed. Islam in the Bible. Thanks for hanging out here. We're going to get back into this. We're going to go to uh, verse 5 and 6 in Revelation uh, here to review uh, the passage about the black horse. So in Revelation chapter 6, okay, and uh, we're going to look at verses 5 and 6 right now. We're going to talk about the black horse, and then we're going to be getting into uh, the pale horse. All right, so what is black? Okay, what is what could black actually symbolize? There is a spirit in this world right now, okay, and you've heard of it. I've heard of it. The United States is all about it. It's called capitalism. That's right. You know, either your money's in the red. Or your money's in the black, right? If your money's in the black, we know that's good. <laughs> if your money's in the red, you know you're you're behind. Things are not going so well, and so it's about capitalism. Look at verse five, okay? Focus on five and six. It says here, okay. I'm going to prove this out. You say, well, you know, it, it could be more than that. Yeah, well, okay, it could be. I'm just going to show you here, uh, and and I believe prove here that this black horse is about capitalism. So we're talking about the main four main spirits in the world, as the scripture says. You see there a pair of balances in the scripture. A pair of balances? Well, that's interesting. Pull out a dollar bill if you haven't lately. Look, look at that dollar bill, and you're going to see there a pair of balances on that dollar bill. A pair of balances equals trade. It's about profit it's about loss it's about making money losing money okay it's about fair trade okay our dollar yes has a pair of balances on that why because again it's all about capitalism that's what that symbolizes okay uh the scripture says a measure of wheat for a penny and three measures of barley for a penny look at the wording of that Check this out, a measure of wheat for a penny and three measures of barley for a penny. Have you ever had the radio on or maybe a news channel and they're, you know, you can hear the, uh, they're talking about the stock, New York Stock Exchange or whatever, okay? And you can hear them trading. That right there sounds like the trading 
in a stock exchange a measure of wheat for a penny and three measures of barley for a penny. Okay, again, capitalism. Yeah, sounds like trading <laughs> in the stock market. Now, the next phrase, see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. Hmm, why does it say that? See thou hurt not <clears throat> the oil and the wine. You know what that's about? It's about the economy. Don't hurt the economy. In those days, oil and wine was two very, very precious commodities. Now, my wife and I, you know, she made dinner here today. And, you know, we didn't have any oil. We didn't have any wine. <laughs> so, you know, it's not so much, not so precious to us, though oil is used on a regular basis, yes. And and some uh, have wine for their cooking and things like that, too. Um, but it says here, see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. Again, it's about the economy. Americans, listen, when you go to vote next time, for a president of the United States. If you do, one of the things that you want to vote for, and we all do it, is we want to vote for a man, a person that is running for president that you can believe his story, his vision about what he's going to do for the economy. Is he going to make your money black or is he going to make your money red? Is he going to put you in the profit margin or the loss margin? Okay, what's he going to do for you? They all have a, you know, they all have a story to sell. They all have their own version. Okay, but not every president has done well as far as making the economy good during their presidencies. We've had some that did very well. We had, we've had some to do very well poor but this is what the black horse is about it's about capitalism now i'm gonna give you this right here and i've heard it maybe you've heard it <clears throat> but there's an old saying there's an old saying that's been around for years among political people especially those running for major offices okay the old saying is quote it's the economy stupid unquote yeah that's it it's the economy stupid quote unquote and so that's the old saying why because if you can if you can sell your uh ideas on building the economy if you can sell your ideas on you know building wealth growing jobs and helping the economy okay if you're running for president that's what people want to hear that's typically the number one Okay, maybe in some cases, number two thing that we vote on. Okay, now here in 2023, I think most of us agree that we are, it's, we're having a difficult time in the economy. Of course, the rich, they would never agree with that for the most part because the money is nothing to them. They have so much of it. Okay, but for us average Amer Americans, yeah, it's tough. It's tough uh, sometimes, but that's what we vote for in most cases. All right, so, and you may know this, but 80% of the world's wealth, okay, is in the Northern Hemisphere. Yeah, 80% of the wealth is in the Northern uh, is in the northern hemisphere so that's part of the united states and canada etc let me go back to zechariah show you a verse there we're gonna then we're gonna move on to the pale horse all right but zechariah six and eight 
says, Then cried he unto me, and spake unto me, saying, Behold, these that go toward the north country have quieted my spirit in the north country. Now this is a, this is, a, is an amazing revelatory verse, quite, quite revelatory. Now, uh, I've heard missionaries, I don't know how many missionaries over my life, talk about how you can have revival in going to some and many foreign countries compared to America. How hard it is to get people prayed through and get them baptized and them to see the, the oneness of God and holy living in these things. But you go to Africa and you go to South America, you go to some very poor countries, people seem to be extremely receptive, okay, and convert easy. I mean, you may have heard of some of these very large crusades that the United Pentecostal Church has uh, been part of and put on, you know, Billy Cole, you know, going back to the 80s and since then many other men doing the same thing and just thousands and thousands of people receiving the Holy Ghost in single church services in foreign countries. That is, I don't know what the most anyone has received the Holy Ghost in one service in America, but it doesn't even come close to what has happened in foreign countries. But let's look at this verse again, Zechariah 6 and 8. Then cried he unto me and spake unto me, saying, Behold, these that go toward the north country, talking about the northern hemisphere, okay, the United States, for an example, behold, these that go toward the north country have quieted my spirit in the north country. The black horse is in the United States of America. Mm -hmm. It's all about the money. It's all about wealth. It's always about doing better, a newer vehicle, a better home, having enough. You know, sure, and people uh, of more poor regions of the world, they want that too. But you know what? Their focus is different. They're just trying to survive. Here, everybody is trying to do more than survive. We're trying to, in a sense, keep up with the Jones as many people are. All right. Maybe not so much in the church. But outside the church, it's a different mindset here in America, completely different mindset. We have so many things that take our mind away, our thoughts away from God and our time away from God. But look what it says here. Behold, these that go toward the north country have, God said this, have quieted my spirit in the north country. It's harder to have revival here in America compared to many of the foreign countries. Yeah, like I said, they have a crusade here where five or 10,000 people have received the Holy Ghost in America. Haven't heard of it yet. I hope it happens. Sure do. That would be awesome. But have not heard it yet. Have not heard of any crusades that large. If they're out there, I would love to know about it. Okay. But I'm sure it's far few between where uh, back in the 1980s, uh, I know Billy Cole and a crusade team went to Ethiopia. Ethiopia, and I believe there was about 90,000 people in one single service that received the Holy Ghost. Yeah, about 90,000 people in one service they claimed that received the Holy Ghost. And I don't know how many myriads and myriads baptized in Jesus' name after the fact and counted and put in churches and a great, great army of revival. All right. So yeah, is God quieting? No, God is not quieting uh, his spirit. But you know, this world, this what we're living in, this, this uh, money system that we're in, oh, what will have to happen to America 
so that we are no longer, the Spirit of God is no longer quieted. I don't want the Spirit of God hushed and quieted in my life. I want it to be strong and vibrant and powerful, don't you? All right, so maybe there's some things we have to let go to let that happen. All right, let's go on to verse 8. Let's talk about the pale horse. Again, the fourth spirit in the world. That The scripture talks about this, one of the four spirits. Okay, this is the pale horse. The pale horse, this is interesting. If you've not heard this, you're going to find this very intriguing. But uh, <clears throat> in Revelation 6, the word for pale here, the Greek word is Chloros, chloros. Hmm. Well, what in the world is that? Chloros is a chemical that is in <clears throat> the leaves of the trees in the summertime, the grass upon the ground. It's a chemical that makes the leaves turn green. Mm -hmm. It makes them turn green. That's the word. This, if this was rightly translated somewhere, it sounds like that in the days of King James, when they translated the, the passage, it should have been called the pale horse. It should have been translated the green horse. Because again, that's what chloros is. It's a chemical that makes things green. <clears throat> but anyway, so um, yeah, green is the color. Did you know that green is the color of Islam? It is. It's the color of Islam. Now, what I'm going to share with you today is not a critical statement about people of Islam. I don't have a an agenda. God loves the people of Islam. He truly does. He died for them. Jesus shed his blood, died for everyone that considers themselves Muslim. There's many Muslim uh, faiths, just like there are many Christian faiths, and some of them are more strict than others. Okay, there's yeah many different beliefs in Islam, uh, but then they have, of course, the same common thread. So the horse of Islam, um, yeah, it's green, and it has a name. What's what what's its name? What's the scripture say there? If you have your Bible. It's worth making some notes here because you may need to teach this because it brings forth revelation. This horse of Islam has a name called death. Death. Now, I've worked with people from Palestine. I've worked with other Muslim people over the years. Um, very nice people, kind people, friendly people. Um, so this is not to say that people of Islam are a bad people. But there are people in Islam that would want to kill all Jews. There are people in Islam that would chant death to America. Now, you've probably seen it on the news. Okay, I, I hope there's not too many here in America that feel that way. But we should not feel that way about anyone. Because God is a God of love. God is, He's not a God of hate. He's not a God of killing. He's not a God of murder. But Jesus is a God of love. He's not a God of hate and murder. All right. So yeah, the horse of Islam has a name called death. Did you know that? Yeah, I, I mentioned chanting uh, death and all of Iran. Uh, yeah, th they they have chanted. I've, I've seen it on the news. I don't know how many times over the years. Chant death to Israel. And chant death to America. Matter of fact, in the Iranian parliament in the year 2020, they chanted these very words. Now, the Iranian parliament, these are the main political leaders 
uh, it'd be like our House of Representatives, you know, chanting this, for an example, death to America, death to Israel. And this was a spirit. That doesn't mean that all people of Islam feel that way. But at the same time, I've seen other news clips of uh, thousands and thousands of people in the streets chanting these things in foreign countries. Um, so, yeah, that is a spirit that gets a hold of some. Not saying, again, not saying, don't want to accuse or judge to say they're all the same. No, not all of Islam is like that. Again, many of them are family-loving. Most, I would say, are family-loving people. And many die in these wars that should not die. It's like the war that's going on with Israel right now, uh, rooting out Hamas, okay, there in the West Bank. Well, Israel is not trying to kill the people, uh, the citizens of, of the nation, of, of, um, of that area. No, they're not. They're trying to root out Hamas. Now, of course, um, the Palestinian people would not agree with that, of course, because there's a lot of hatred between the Palestinians and the Jews. But it also says here in, in, this, in the verse, verse 8, that hell followed with them. Isn't that interesting? Okay, then it says power was given them okay, over the green horse. Power was given the green horse over the fourth part of the earth. Hmm. What in the world does that mean? Power was given them over the fourth part of the earth. So looking at the chlorals, looking at the green, looking at Islam, looking at the pale horse or the green horse, power was given them over one out of four people on the earth. Now, um, I've heard the stats. I did the stats some years ago teaching on this. I redid the stats last night to confirm, all right, what I what I said in the past. Of course, this is a few years later. Stats have changed a little bit, but this is what I read last night. The world population right now, the end of 2023, they estimated to be, they can't get an exact number, of course, but they estimated it would be right at about 8 billion people on earth. Yeah, about 8 billion people on earth. Another stat was uh, that doing a stat on Islam uh, in 2023, it was <clears throat> given that by the end of 2023, there would be about 2 billion people uh, that are in the Islam faith on on planet Earth, about 2 billion. So there's 8, 8 billion total people on Earth and one out of four, 2 billion people of Islam. Did you realize that? Uh, two, one out of four people in the world is uh, Muslim, Islamic, okay? Now, what did the scripture say here? I just read to you what it said. It said, power was given them over the fourth part of the earth. The very prophetic word of God revealing to us that one out of four people in the end time, honey, we're living in the end times, I told you that, we're here now. The prophecy is fulfilled right now that for the fourth part of the earth would be of the green horse. Power was given them. All right. Right now, statistics say, I read last night, 
8 billion people on the earth, 2 billion people are that of Islam. And the end of 2023, yeah, one-fourth. Powerful, powerful prophecy fulfilled right before our eyes. God knew about this uh, 2,000 years ago when he gave this to John. And what was it, maybe 12 or 1,400 years ago, he gave this to Zechariah. Okay, the similar, same prophecy, just worded a little different, a little less detail by Zechariah. Okay, it also says here about this uh, pale horse, this green horse, in uh, verse 8, <clears throat> reading down here, power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with the sword. Not just power, but power to kill with the sword. Now, if you listen to your news, that's all you have to do. <clears throat> right now, things are in a crazy uproar worldwide with Islam, with Israel, okay? And we don't know what's going to happen next, of course. Uh, other wars going on. But it says, the fourth part of the earth to kill with the sword and with hunger and with death. Hmm. So Islam has this power. One out of four people to a city, okay, coming to you, maybe your city, definitely in your state, something else. Powerful, powerful information. Listen, you know what prophecy is? Prophecy is not a prediction. No, God didn't predict this. John did not predict this. Zechariah didn't predict anything. Prophecy is not a prediction. Prophecy is news before it happens. Prophecy is news before it took place. God is foretelling what's going to take place, and he did 2,000 years ago, before there was a single person of Islam, okay? God knew what was going to happen in these last days. So let me read that again. I'm going to get into something else here with it. Power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with the sword, with hunger, and with death. Now, there's quite a few Islamic terrorist organizations. Okay, that's what we're talking about right now. We're not talking about peace-living peace Muslim people. Okay, that's not, that's not the purpose, even though they're part of the green horse. They are. Okay, that's part of the prophecy. <clears throat> but when it's talking about power to kill, these are the radicals, all right? These Islamic terrorist organizations. Sometimes they're just lone wolves that want to do something to kill and maim people. Just to name a few, Hamas is in the news right now, Hamas. You've heard of Al-Qaeda, ISIS. You've heard of the Taliban, Al-Shabaab, Hezbollah, and there's many more. There's many more, all right? A lot of terrorist organizations that are of the Islamic belief. Again, these are the spirits that make people do what they do. These four spirits, okay? So we talked about uh, these different spirits. We talked about the white horse, the Roman Catholic Church. We talked about the red horse, communism. We talked about uh, the black horse, capitalism. And of course, the pale horse, which is real, really the green horse, which is uh, the spirit of Islam. These are the spirits that make people do what they do.
all right? These spirits control the kings of the earth. They control the media. They control about everything these four spirits do. The world's problems come from three main things. What are these three main things? Number one is religion. Number two is communism. Number three is capitalism or democracy. This is where the world's problems come from. It's about money. It's about taking territory. It's about land and fighting and war. These things cause problems. Wars are fought over these things nonstop. Everyone wants more land. Everyone wants more money. Every the, it, the, Our governments are greedy. Even the United States government is a greedy government that is no longer for the people. It's about more government. But thank God that we're going up. Hallelujah. Thank God we're not staying here. We have nothing to be afraid of. We have nothing to worry about. Jesus is not afraid. Jesus is not worried. He knows the end from the beginning. And that's why I gave you this here. So that you'll know this has already been planned out. God, God, God didn't plan these terrible things to happen. But he foretold these things. So that you and I might be comforted. And know, yeah, they're going to come to pass. These things are going to happen. But thank God. Uh, yeah, God is still in control. He's still on his throne. And thank God for the truth today. For this Acts 2.38 apostolic holiness, God-fearing message. And I thank God for you today for listening to everything apostolic. And we're going to continue on this theme a little bit. So until the next podcast, God bless you in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Everything Apostolic Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and leave a rating and review for it as it provides tremendous feedback to this ministry. Don't forget more resources are available at www.charlesarodis.com. There you will find Pastor Rodis's books and also the newsletter and a free gift when you subscribe to the newsletter. Until next time, be blessed in Jesus' name.